Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. This week on the Backstage Show, we have a special guest with us. That's right. We're going to be discussing uh, promoting community theater. So we decided to consult with somebody who has actually done some promotion since neither of us has done that. That's right. So, we needed to bring in an expert for this one. Yes. So please welcome to the microphone, Miss Deb Topka. Welcome, Deb. Yay! Hello. Thank you for having me. So uh, Deb, for a time, was the uh, the PR chair at the Barley Sheaf, correct? Yes. I was the PR chair uh, from July of 2015 through July of 2019. That's like four years. Uh, yes. Yeah. I served two two-year <laughs> terms as the PR chair. Okay. So in those four years, you were responsible for, I, I guess, basically just all publicity. I mean, is there a difference between publicity and public relations, first of all? Not uh, that's a really good question. I'm actually not an educated expert in okay. publicity or marketing or public relations. Uh, the theater described it as the public relations chairperson. And basically, I was responsible for all of the promotion of the theater itself, our activities and our shows. So I guess you could call it publicity or public relations. Yeah, it seems like there's like publicity, public relations, marketing, all of that stuff kind of falls under one person for community theaters. There's not like separate marketing and publicity. And a lot of blurred lines. PR. They all over overlap one another, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. At, at least for the community theaters. Yeah, absolutely. For a community theater, typically with volunteers and unpaid positions, if you're the person in charge of public relations, you may have some other folks that are helping out with those efforts. But I think unless you actually have a paid public relations or marketing person at your theater... It's kind of catch as catch can, and everybody does what they have to do to pitch in. Okay. So I guess what, what you're kind of looking at, you, you've got just like an overall approach to the promotion of a theater. And then there's, you know, you, you have to promote the theater as a whole. You have to promote the season in a given year. You have to promote each show within that season. So I, I, I guess like what is your or what was your approach to doing that? Is it, is there some sort of regimented taking on each one of those things one at a time? Do you kind of just attack them as, as the time comes? I, I guess, how do you, how do you do this? Well, what I've, what I discovered is every PR chair at every community theater does things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, and the person you inherit the program from or the position from may have a significant impact on how you move forward with the position, how much of a transition you had with that person could impact your process. I'm very much, um, I tend to be very organized. So I took the time to talk to my PR chair and get an idea of all the things I needed to do. And then I basically started a list of key tasks I'd have to do each month 
um, certain months of the year, it was about season subscribers or um, promoting the theater to the local community. And other times it was, oh, this month I have an audition to promote. This one I have shows to promote. It, it just really depended. It's all of it needs to be done. And some of it is simultaneously. It just depends right. on what time of year it is. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, is it is it like you're trying to put out a bunch of fires all at once is it is it that busy <laughs> or is plates. it more like okay this is coming up and i'll have to get on to that and yeah i i think it depends on i mean i i think it depends a little bit on how organized you are and if you really are keeping track of those things there are some slow right. points in particular at barley sheaf uh the summer tended to be a little bit slower the, the early summer, because we had our teen and children's shows, which we didn't promote because the parents of the teens and children would just fill up the theater. Yeah, so those we shows didn't have, promote themselves. Yeah. yeah, those shows promoted themselves. We didn't have to do advertising. We didn't really have to tell a lot of people about those shows to make sure that actually family members got tickets to those shows. So that was a little bit of a slow time for me where I could, you know, do catch up or work on getting ready for the new season. And that's probably when it gets busy is when the new season starts and you kind of have to get that start the flow of the season with getting out the season brochures and the subscriber mailers or is that separate? Isn't that separate at Barley Sheaf with getting the uh the the season ticket holders to get them to subscribe and things like that? Is that a PR thing or is that a uh, a different person handles that. Well, um, PR definitely was part of it from the perspective that when you mail the season subscribers and, and request for them to renew their subscription, you probably need to give them the new season brochure to let them know what the new season's going to include. So I don't know what the calendar year looks like at other community theaters, but at Barley Sheaf in the March timeframe, we would determine the next season's shows. Mm -hmm. So actually, some of the work starts in March once you know what the new season is. Right, you when the announcement is of the slate, upcoming slate and season is known, If assuming they can get the rights for everything. Right, and that, that's part of the, the uh, information is, okay, let's start getting the directors to give you descriptions of their shows that you can put in the brochure. Let's work with the production's chair to make sure that we know actually when the dates are for each of the shows so that we can get that, that together. And also to work on things like, is there going to be a theme to our brochure? Uh, we need to start getting logos for each of the shows put together. So you start putting together the component pieces so that by the time you hit the July timeframe, actually probably June timeframe, you have your season brochure together. Because at Barley Sheaf, we would send the season brochure out to our subscribers in June to try and get them all to renew and give them first dibs on the, the best seats in the house. And yeah, then we generally would trying to, to get that done in time for it to be available for the last show of the season. Right. Yes. The following right. season, right? Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of so theaters do it the same way. Yeah, we tried to have the brochure ready before the last show of the season started in June. And then we mailed it to the subscribers. And then in July, we really opened up subscriptions and, and selling tickets to uh, the general population. Yeah, that, that's a lot of work to put together a brochure and get that done. For most community theaters, that's probably 
one of the biggest expenses from a PR perspective is putting together the brochure for the season. And there's really, admittedly, not a whole lot of time to do it. No, not not a lot. Yeah, it's it really depends on how quickly you can pull the information together. And like you said, make sure the rights are secured and everything is solidified before you start putting that information out there. Seems like yeah, you I might have one or two months maybe to, to really do all that. Yeah, and it, it depends on how many people you have working on it and that type of thing. It, if it's a one-person job where you're basically pulling things together and working with a printer, and it also depends on whether you're working with someone who's a graphic artist or different things like that uh, on how you pull that together. I was lucky during the time I was working on it. I had other people helping out. Actually, Glenn helped me out with all of my season brochures and put together the logos for each show and helped come up with the theme for each show and the, 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 the theme for the season brochure so that we could put that together and give it to a local printer to create. When I was departing the position, a new PR chair was beginning to work with a different graphics company that was recommended by someone else on the board. They made a decision to try and change up the look of the brochure, do a different format, different size, do some things to, to kind of change that whole piece up. So that was something they decided to pursue in another way. But I was lucky to have Glenn's help with doing the brochure the old-fashioned way in <laughs> publisher myself. <laughs> yeah, I did that for, I think, six years. I think I did the all the covers and the logos for that. Come on, Glenn. That, you've had some experience with publicity then. I guess a little bit, yeah. But I mean, it was really just from from that standpoint, just from a graphic designer standpoint where I was getting those done. And that was a fairly small window. So I know that you try to get a lot of stuff done ahead of time. You try to get all of the directors to have some sort of summary of their show when they submit them, whether they're approved or not. They've already got some kind of summary there. And then when I was doing the logo design, I would meet with the with the directors directly after the shows were selected and be like, let me know if you have any ideas. I'm going to start working on these. And, and I would try to crank those out within like a month this and then all try assumes, to come up with something for the cover. So as soon as you're working with the model where you actually have directors for all the shows, once this is announced. Yeah. I, Barley sheaf is lucky happen, in that as we've discussed. Right, Barley sheaf has the, uh, has the advantage of the directors submitting all the shows and they are, selected with the shows so you've already got directors in place all the time whereas um with forge they're selecting their shows first so they have their entire season done before they then go after directors right <laughs> as we've yeah. discussed ad nauseum in prior episodes well and and i it's at a lot of other community theaters or other theaters if they have a common look and feel they want to have for their logos or if they already pick the shows and then pick directors later, they may not include that information in the brochure. Um, the main thing that needs to go in the brochure is what are our shows and when are they happening and how you can be a subscriber and come see our shows. So yeah, most that, of the people that you're, you're trying to get into the theater probably aren't going to care who's directing the show. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure, you know, the season subscribers might have their favorites and whatnot, but they're not going to be going like, hey, is is Deb directing something this year? Because if Deb's not directing, I'm not I'm not going to bother renewing. Well, it raises a point, though, that if there aren't directors assigned yet, then somebody has to write the little synopses to go in this that program is so that you so that the prospective patrons have some idea of what these shows are about. True. Absolutely. Yes. So other than going and seeking out 
season subscribers and things like that. Where is it that you do the publicity? Where does it go? I mean, you're not contacting, or, or maybe you are still contacting newspapers, but that's not as it used to be. It's not really as valuable of an asset, as good of a way to promote your theater anymore, right? Well, when I was the PR chair, we really were starting to make the transition. Um, the job description said, oh, yes, you have to put together a press release and send press releases out to newspapers. And when I started the job, we were in the process of starting to get uh, profiles and activity on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So that was like the new adventure was getting a Facebook page set up and starting to put things out on the Facebook page. Um, during the time that I was the PR chair, I did still send press releases because um, one of the things that's important to understand when you're the PR chair is who are the people who come to your theater? And a majority of our audience was older people mm -hmm. and older people still read newspapers. Right. So it made sense to put some ads in the newspaper now and then, whether it be a photo ad or put press releases out there. We, I did eventually actually get a budget because originally when I got the PR job, there was no budget. Basically, they paid for the brochure and everything else was free publicity. So over time, after that first year, I convinced the team that it would probably help if I had a little bit of a budget to spend on things like an occasional ad in the newspaper or Facebook videos can be boosted to get more viewers. So sometimes I would spend a little bit of budget money to take a particularly good video that we made to promote a show mm -hmm. and boost it via Facebook to make sure it got more broadly promoted to the Facebook community. Does that become a rights issue, though, if depending on what the content of said videos are? I mean, you probably can't really put scenes verbatim into yeah, a video show clips like that. you can't use. No, but that's absolutely. something else that I had uh, experience in with <laughs> public relations is I, I did when it, when Deb was in doing the PR for Barley Sheaf, I was doing the videos for publicity and it was usually interviews with yeah. cast and crew mm -hmm. and them talking about the show or Occasionally, there were like uh, clips of rehearsal with generic music behind it uh, as a put. Well, actually, with generic music in front of it so that you weren't hearing the words of the show. So there yeah. were never any show clips in them. Yeah, I've, I've heard yeah. of other theaters doing something similar with the interview format. And I think I might have even participated in some of them. I don't remember. Yeah. But you that, have to be kind of careful yes. about that. And your your contract when you actually secure the rights for your show can be very specific about that. Some of the contracts will tell you what you can and not can and cannot do from a promotion standpoint. You know, if you need to credit certain people, if you're supposed to be, you know, if you put something in the newspaper and you have to use the author's name in a certain way, uh, they can get pretty specific mm -hmm. in the contract. So you need to make sure you honor that. The And they are usually very specific that you cannot use music from the show or pieces of dialogue. So if your contract's not super specific, you might be able to do something a little bit different. So yes, when you start seeing promotions from theaters where they're showing clips of music, probably yeah. a no-no. <laughs> I've seen some of them do it, but it's just kind of a question of what are they going to get away with? Right. And that's always a risk when you're doing promotions and anything for a community theater 
is the risk of if you get caught, what could that do to your theater as far as your ability to get rights in the future or things like yep. that. So you always play it safe in my mind. <laughs> in Glenn's case, he just finds some local schlub to write and record original music for his promos. <laughs> I can't imagine who that would be. Honestly, Jim, that, that I mean, he's uh, alluding to True West, uh, which he wrote basically an entire soundtrack for. But that clip, Jim, was never actually used for publicity because that did, in fact, use clips from the show. I didn't put that trailer together until after the show closed. Oh, I it's forgot. A, it's a special on the DVD that we did not record because you can't do that either. What DVD? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what DVD? Who uses DVDs anymore? It's it's all Blu-ray and streaming, and and you're not going to have that. So and that and purely exist. purely for educational purposes, I'm sure. They even say you can't do it for educational purposes. It's archiving. Oh, Good. Archival purposes. <laughs> As long as nobody watches it, you're safe, I think. We had a whole episode on that. Go back and uh, listen to yeah. that. I, I'm not going to look up what it was, but check our back catalog. We, we discussed rights issues and uh, legal issues at some point. But we're not lawyers, so what do we know? And Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll so just I, ask... Sorry, I guess I'll just ask a question. With If there is has been some sort of a generational audience... Dyna uh, demographic change, then I guess has the social media presence become more important? Has it? Has there been feedback from that approach? Would you say that you have observed? Has it paid off? I mean, is it as successful or more successful than when more traditional media forms were used? That's really hard to say. Honestly, I think it's important that you promote your theater and your productions as broadly as possible for many reasons. Even if that's not where you're getting your audience from, it may be where you're getting your actors from. Right. So some of your actors, uh, I, I would make sure that I would post not only auditions, but performances in many Facebook groups of different local theater groups or other type of acting based groups on Facebook just to make sure that our name was out there and people were familiar with the kinds of shows we were doing in case that would help bring people into auditions because another part of public relations is not only promoting the theater to the community and promoting the, the season to the subscribers and to the community, but also you have to get out there and promote the shows and the auditions to the local community of actors so that you have people at auditions so you can even have a show. Yeah, I guess there's more than one goal. I mean, yeah, you want to pack your audience and get the butts in the seats, but if you have no show to put on, that's not going to be of much use. So you, I guess your your goals are audience growth, but you also want to, you know, increase your your talent pool and get people auditioning for shows. And you probably need to do publicity just to get people helping out with shows in general, other than acting, because you need directors, you need stage crew, you need people building sets, you need every everything <laughs> absolutely and I, and I think it's important that while we try to grow our subscriber base outside of the I'd say mainly senior citizen set um, so newspapers aren't the only game in town you kind of have to make sure you continue to promote there you know in those weekender sections or things like that so that you're you're drawing people who might just be in town for 
you know, the weekend. At one point, we had our season brochures in the hotel that was near the community theater just in case people were at the hotel and needed something to do and it happened to be a show weekend. So that's what we did with our extra brochures one year was we put them around the local community. That's a great idea. I remember Scott pushing for that. Yeah. I mean, again, you never know with promotions whether or not you're going to actually be successful. It's very hard to measure where people are hearing about you. Now, our ticket system actually allows people when they purchase a ticket to tell us where they heard about us. So that is our really only way of capturing that information. Hmm. So that information is there if people choose to fill it out. So we can take a look at that and, you know, get what information we can about it. But a lot of times with community theater, word of mouth is huge. My, my whole goal a lot of times was to put as many people into the opening weekend as I possibly could, because the bigger I could make opening weekend, the better the rest of the weekends would be. Because yeah. word of mouth with a good show. And I think show, that was always the, the hardest to get the audience for usually is the opening weekend because that word of mouth hasn't gotten out there yet. Yeah, that can be a hard one. But the good news is usually the cast invites friends and family for right. opening weekend. So anybody you get outside of that group usually shows up for a really friendly audience. So that makes a really good impression. I think the hardest show to sell is the opening weekend of the very first show of the season mm-hmm. right in the beginning at barley sheaf that's in september right after labor day weekend um people are just getting you know back to school and things like that so it's really that that's always that was always the show that gave me the most heartburn was oh my gosh am i going to be able to get enough people to show up for opening weekend for the very first show of the season I think that's sometimes tricky to get directors to put in for that slot as well. I think I've directed in that slot two or maybe even three times there. So, yeah, that can definitely be a tough one. Yeah, I know uh, as far as measuring effectiveness, I believe you're supposed to at least have a line on the audition forms as well. That's that asks where you where you heard about the auditions. I don't know how many people fill that out. I've actually questioned that before because usually the audition forms, like I have all of the audition forms from the shows I've directed or or the producers have them or whatever. I don't know if that information is ever actually used, but it is supposed to be on the form. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that that information has been used. And, and again, I was the PR chair from 2015 to 2019. And I, I got out just in time for the pandemic years to hit. So I got yeah. lucky on that that respect. But um, there were a lot of activities that were going on just to keep things running. So there wasn't a lot of time spent on data analysis on what's working and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that if I ever did the job again, I think I might spend a little more time looking at what seems to be working. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's changed. Yeah, I, I definitely. I, things have definitely shifted to more online usage as opposed to the more traditional media. But I guess the bottom line is as long as you're getting people to audition, as long as you're getting people to come to the shows, then something's working. And I guess the priority doesn't have to be there with, hey, what's working, what's not. It's only if you're having problems where people start to question what actually is working. Right. Or isn't. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and, and the other thing you have to look at is the amount of time 
some of those different methods take. When I started as in the PR position, I could put together a press release and send an email and blind copy all of the different editors or people from the newspapers individually on, on that email, send one email, and I was done. Uh, over time, what started to happen is a lot of these newspaper organizations wanted you to go to their website and enter the information into their website um, so that you would provide all that information. Well, then how many of those can you do? Uh, so it becomes a question of you have to start deciding where to put the most effort. Is it better for me to post one good video to Facebook or to go to 10 newspaper websites to put uh, press release information in that may or may not get published and very often didn't get published? I got the yeah. most press releases published when I was actually paying for advertising in the paper. <laughs> of course, you give them money, then they'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seemed to be how it worked. Yeah, Whoa. even with copy-paste, that still is going to take a, a great deal of time to go through all of that. Whoa. Well, I, I, I would say that when it comes to promoting auditions, there are lots of opportunities to do that in a variety of websites. We used to do that at, at Stage Magazine had a website, and we used mm -hmm. to put, put audition information there as well as our own uh, theater website. The other thing that sometimes you'll find theaters do is help promote each other. We actually had a couple of years where we would put the shows of the other community theaters in our programs. So when you were at our show and you looked in the back of the program, we actually had the shows that were going on at Forge or some of the other local theaters. So we actually were communicating with other PR chairs at other theaters and working together to help promote each other's shows. So there's lots of opportunities to be creative when you're right. in the position being the PR chair, whether you're focusing on subscribers or auditioners or actual, you know, getting the butts in the seats for each show. There's there's lots of opportunities to bring your creativity to it. And if you're a social media person, to focus there and do some things there. Uh, after I stopped being PR chair, they started Instagram accounts um, and other air <laughs> Twitter. We had a Twitter account for yep. a while. So there Actually, are lots I, of I did that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are lots of ways to promote the shows and, and try and figure out what's working best for your audience. I, I think the main thing is, like I said, that first weekend of each show is really critical to, to get people there because word of mouth really is, a, I think, community theater's best friend. Absolutely. And it's always nice to see the area theaters working as a community instead of a competition. So when you did see those those lists of other shows in the area that were going on in other theaters, I always liked that. Yeah, I thought that was great. It doesn't happen every year. I, I suspect that it, as everybody moves forward after the COVID years, that yeah. we're all probably going to be working together a little bit more closely to try and help each other out because everyone's in recovery mode now. Yeah. Um, because in a lot of ways, our subscribers have not been coming to the theater for two years now. So, you know, we have to see if we can bring them all back. You yeah. know, if we get all of our subscribers back and how we can get them back at the theater. And I'm hoping a lot of people are missing theater as much as I am and are really looking forward to getting back to live performances. They are slowly coming back. So that is a good thing. Yeah. 
So thank you, Deb, for coming on and uh, discussing publicity with us. My if, pleasure. If anybody out there has any other publicity comments or anything else to say that we did not cover today, you can, of course, contact us by visiting our website, podcast.backstage.link, and clicking on Contact the Show or giving us a call at 267-225-8869, where you can leave us a voicemail or you can also text us there. And if you enjoyed the show, please use your word of mouth to tell your friends about us. And tune in for the last, what, four episodes? Four, I think. <laughs> Again, unless you come along and, and beg us to continue, who knows? You never know what might happen. Or, hey, give us a topic for a completely new podcast. There you go. <laughs> so, of course, you can subscribe. You can leave a review as well. And again, that number, 267-225-8869. Please leave a voicemail. I'm, I'm determined that we're going to have some voicemail used in a future episode before we're done with everything. I'm determined to get that. <laughs> 267-225-8869. So next week, there won't be a backstage show because we really don't do this weekly anymore, but we will be back at some point in the future. Yeah, and for those final four. Yes. Hey, or is this one of the final four? No, I've I lost think, track. I think this is the fifth. To this is the last. fifth. Okay, so four more after this one, we think. I think. And until then, I shall remain Glenn. And I'm Jim. And you can find us backstage. Are we all recording now? Yes. Yes. That's not really important. I'm, I'm getting all of the, uh, trying to get all the technical stuff out of the way this time. <laughs> But after the one time where we actually lost an entire episode and had to redo it, you've always had the Skype backup. Yeah, that did happen. I'll I'll own up to that one. That was my fault. Deb might know better than either of us. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed the times when Glenn will play the little chime fairy-like music yes. <laughs> and then leave a little editorial note. The backstage show. But I mean, I'm talking about the actual episode numbers. Yeah, There's something that looks did. like it's missing. But we have the whole, the master list, so I just need to check and I might need to do some renumbering. But uh, you want to intro this one? You want me to intro it? This week. <clears throat> this week. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's some great cheering noise, Jim. Okay. Some of the stuff may get edited out. So if you don't hear it in the final mix, that's why. Just wait There's for the outtake. Time out. Jim, are you like? I'm calling time out. Okay. Deb. Yeah. I, I can't. I can only see one of you at a time, depending oh. on who's talking. Oh, so I, see. Oh, I let, got it. Like... Yes. This is. We have to get the outtakes from somewhere. <laughs> As like we will know, not all theaters do it that first, way. and then. Sorry, you're you're talking under me there. I didn't sorry. hear what that was. I'm hearing birds. Who has birds? Not me. Oh, I'm sorry. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but is he going to go yell at the birds now? That's what the outtakes are for. Shut up out there. <laughs> I'm trying to record. Will you stifle? <laughs> I, I never know what I'm going to use. A lot of times I go, oh, there's an outtake, and then I end up not using it. Right. I never know what's going to end up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough, of, enough about us. Enough about us. Uh, <laughs> where were we? Sorry, Jim? What he said was more important than me. <laughs> I just said, that's a great idea.
things have just kind of shifted to more online media. They are slowly coming back, so that is a good thing. So, <laughs> sorry, Jim, it looked like you were going to say something. <laughs> if anybody out there has anything else to say about us, you say about us. If anybody else out there has It's all has about anything, us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it sounded like Bones McCoy or something. Jim! <laughs> He's dead, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a podcaster. <laughs> I love the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs>